You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. significant word in Psalm 37 and 5 is, is the little word way. Way in reference to our life represents our state of affairs. Circumstances that are presently taking place in our life. That's basically what it refers to in in the text. And when it comes to life, there, there are certain circumstances that are just too big for us. Certain things we are not able to handle on our own. We need some help. And I don't know about you, but I have had circumstances in in my life that I have asked particular folk to assist me with, but they were not able to do so. I found that, that there are certain situations that happen in life that the only one that that can deal with those things or help you in the manner that you need to be helped, it has to come from God. There are certain things that only God can, can help you with in life. And, and you should never get to the point to where you, you think God can't change something that a person says can't be changed. Yeah, God God can do anything save fail. Not only that, when it when it comes to the earth, God knows everything about the earth. Psalm 24 and 1 tells us the earth is the Lord's, but then it takes it further and is fullness. That means that God knows everything that's, that's going on on earth. One writer said, even the cattle that sits upon a thousand hills belongs to God. And don't ever think somebody that's trying to tell you how awesome they are, how much power they have, that that person is greater than God. Because the proverb writer lets us know that even the heart of the king, the leader, the president, or whoever is in the palm of his hands. And like the rivers of water, he will turn it any which way he desires. Bottom line, God is sovereign. Breaking that down, God is in charge. Woo! Say to somebody, God is in charge. 
We used to have a saying back in the day, he's large and in charge. Now, when you think about that, that's God. Now, a lot of folks said it, and they were talking about themselves, but it wasn't really true. But when you think about how big God is, how awesome God is, he's not only large, but he's in charge. In charge of what? Everything. Everything. And see, you have to know that child of God. But it takes a mature person to recognize that that God is in control and in charge of everything. That's the reason God can let stuff just play out and and we we be thinking that the worst going to happen but God sits on his throne and says I'm only going to let it go so far and then I'm just going to cause it to cease. I'm going to let him think that he ain't going to get it. But but then when it gets as worse as it, as it can get, then I'm going to drop the blessing on him. How many have ever been blessed by God when it seemed like you weren't going to get the blessing? <laughs> oh, I said, how many have ever been blessed by God when naturally speaking, it seemed like the blessing wasn't going to come your way? You know why it happened like that? Because according to scripture, God would do exceeding abundantly above more than we ask or think. Not only that, eyes have not seen, neither ear heard what God has prepared, reserved for his children. For me, Lord? Yeah, for you, walk. Lord, that's going to be for me, for you walk. But Lord, I don't have walker. Remember, I'm large and in charge. I I, I love what Jesus said to a man one day. He said, you know what? With, With this what you want, it's impossible when it comes to men. He said, but not with God. Because with God, all things are possible. And there are some folks over here, that's part of their testimony. They can tell you God can do some things that are impossible for your cousin to do. Impossible for your mammy to do. Impossible for your aunt Susie to do. And you know Susie always talking about what she can do. But there are some things that Susie nor your Uncle John can't do. But God can do anything save fail. If I'm still telling the truth, tell somebody, I know what the preacher is saying is right. He can do anything, save, fail. And and, and so there are going to be some ways in your life. There are going to be some situations in your life that you're not going to be able to handle on your own. And, and you have to be careful because when certain situations or ways happen in your life, if you don't do the right thing in reference to what the scripture tells you to do, you'll end up going down a path you have no business going. You'll end up following a way, a direction 
you never should have stepped on. Never should have stepped on that path, but you did because you didn't consult your God. I got to show you something. Well, a few things in reference to way and, and when you go down a way or a path that you shouldn't. Or when you handle your circumstances or situations in a manner that's in contrast to the written and revealed will of God. I want you to turn the page. I want to I start with Psalm 36. And we're going to consider the first four verses of Psalm 36. Notice an oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. Of the who? Notice, there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flatters himself in his own eyes. When he finds out his iniquity and when he hates, the words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. He devises wickedness, notice well, on his bed. But this is primarily what I want you to get. He sets himself in a way that is what? A way that is not going to be better for him or going to cause better to happen. He does not abhor evil. Now here he, he is point blank. We know that he's talking about a wicked person. A person that's not in the will of God. But understand this. There are times when a child of God will do what is stated in the fourth verse. Set him or herself in a way that is not good. Why are he doing that? He know that ain't what God been saying. Why is he? What are you doing that for? You can be a child of God, but when you do in contrast to the written and revealed will of God, you put yourself in the seat of the wicked. You'll start doing something that is not good. Now, good is synonymous with better and best. You'll start doing things that are not best for your, your life. You'll start doing things that instead of you receiving better for it, you'll receive worse. 
I said, you'll receive worse. Say to your neighbor, that's not good. good. Save, but doing was not good. How many have ever been that? Save, but doing something that's not good. When you walk by what you see, or go by what you are hearing from a sinner, That's not good. Why is that not good? Some sinners have some good ideas. In all your ways, acknowledge God. And he'll direct your path. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in part. But then Jesus took it further. He said to his disciples in, in John 16 and 13, hey, I'm going to leave, but when I leave, I'm going to send the comforter. And when he comes, he's going to come as the spirit of truth. And guess what he's going to do for He's going to guide you into all truth. So if I'm not guided by the spirit of truth, that means I am the opposite. I'm guided by the spirit of truth. I'm either going to follow truth or I'm going to follow error. And I done messed up myself enough to know what error is. Error is when I start thinking, talking, and doing in contrast to the will of God. How many can agree that you done messed yourself up enough to know what error is? It looked good. You thought it was going to work out, but it didn't. You were in error. But let's go further talking about way in reference to it just in reference to it being a bad way or a way that you shouldn't go. All right? Let's go to uh, Proverbs. Lord of mercy, y'all stay with me now. Stay with me. Y'all gonna stay with me? Somebody over here said, we with you, bitch. We with you. We with you. I want you to stay in that vein. We're going to Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. Ready? Verse 15. Good understanding gains what? But the way of the unfaithful is what? The way of the is hard. The just live by what? If I don't live by faith, that says in one sense that I am unfaithful. The just live by what? So that means if I live by faith, that means I need to think faith, talk faith, and do faith. Well, Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by and hearing faith don't come just by reading you say well I can hear myself when I read well that's the reason we have to go back to Romans 10 14 and 15 which says in Paul how shall they hear without a preacher 
So specifically, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God that's given by a preacher. Well, my cousin, a preacher. Well, Lord, we got to go back again. Because Romans 10, 14, and 15 also tells us how can they preach except they have been sent. Now, you would think sent mean what religious folks say. You know how they've been called to preach. Now, that, that ain't the scent that the Bible talk about. The scent that the Bible talks about is being anointed. That's the reason Jesus said, said, God has anointed me to what? Preach the gospel. He done anointed me. Synonymous with sin. He done put his spirit on the inside of me. He has given me a word to give others in order for their lives to be changed for the better. How do you get that? Because the prophet said it is the anointing that destroys not just some yoke but every yoke of bondage. Bottom line if sin going to get removed from our life if things that try to hem the altar or stop us from being productive in every aspect you have to have the anointing and it has to come through God's word and sent preach y'all still with me the anointing destroys every yoke of bondage and some of us know what what it is to be in bondage to have sin controlling the way you think to have folk controlling the way you think that ain't nothing but bondage to be nervous because other folks nervous some folks nervous and don't even know why they nervous they just nervous because everybody else is nervous like what we're living in now you have you have folks that are panicking just because everybody else is in a state of panic but when the anointing of God is on your life you understand that the anointing frees it frees and it empowers you. And so, we don't want to be in a way of dealing with our circumstances as an unfaithful person. No, we don't want to be dealing with our circumstances as an unfaithful person. And notice why again. Because when it comes to an unfaithful faithful person heals or her way is hard. It's hard. And hard in the text connotes suffering that leads to grief, anxiety, and unhappiness. Did Jesus come for you to be unhappy? Did Jesus come to give you grief? Did Jesus come to make you worry? Now, Mr. Wood just gave us 
uh, while taking the offering, Jesus telling his disciples, I don't want you to, you to be worried. I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you to be thinking about this, that, and the other. I want you to put your mind on kingdom things, kingdom business. But when you're unfaithful, your life is going to be hard because you're constantly suffering because you are allowing anxiety. You are allowing pressure. You are allowing things of the world to control you instead of the Holy Spirit. Are we going to have to battle anxiety? Yeah. Anxiety is a part of this earth, part of this life. But you can battle anxiety. You can battle trouble and still be happy. When Jesus was on earth, he told his disciples something that, that people still have a hard time with. Jesus told his, his disciples when he was getting ready to, to die, told his disciples, he said, hey, be of good cheer. I done overcome the world. You getting ready to die and you want us to be happy and, and you saying you done overcome the world? He was to the point to where he had learned to deal with whatever came his way. And that's how we ought to be as children of God. God. That's the reason the Bible tells us things that if, that if we tell folks that that's how we deal with, they'll think that we, we losing it. Bible tells us to count it all joy when we fall in the divers' troubles or temptations. Tells us to think it not strange when we're dealing with fiery trials or a whole lot of trouble is happening our way. Even goes so far as to tell us when, when stuff like that happens that we need to rejoice, need to have a party, clap our hands, turn in victory. Why is that? Because... We understand that all of these things are part of life on earth. But we're not going to be, we're not going to be like the unfaithful of the transgressor and have a hard life. I had a hard life when I was a sinner. I didn't get saved to have no hard life. No, I'm going to live it God's way. That way, when, when trouble do come, I'm just going to do what he tells me to do. And, and trouble just going to be like something that comes in a normal day. And I have trouble sometimes seven days a week, but it never stops me from being happy. It never stops me from doing what I need to do because I deal with it according to the written. And reveal will of God. And some of you looking at me like Nicodemus were looking at Jesus when, when, when Jesus told him, hey, you got to be born again. Nicodemus are like, what? God wants you to be happy even though you experience trouble. He wants you to be happy even though folks are panicking around you. He wants you to enjoy his earth even though there are some that have shut themselves up in the house fearful of COVID. He wants you to be happy. 
That's a crazy preacher up there. And you may be right. Because I am crazy for Jesus. Agrippa told Paul, he said, Paul, you have become mad. Paul said, no, I, I, I ain't mad. He knew that Jesus had changed his life for the better. How many of your, your testimony is that God has given you a new sense of life? You don't think the way you used to think. You don't talk the way you used to talk. You don't do what you used to do simply because he done changed you for the better. I love to tell folks I'm a new man. Then I give them scripture. You know, you have to give folks scripture when you get to talk in certain talk because if you don't, they'll look at you like you're crazy, which, which even if you give them scripture, they're going to look at you like you're crazy anyway. But anyway, I like to tell them 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if anyone is in Christ... He or she is a new creation. Old things have what? Past. Because some folk would try to get you to go back to your past. And stay down. And understand this. You can live in your past, in your mind. Your body going on, but your mind still in your past. You're aging, but your mind still in your past. We have to be to the point to where we understand that life is not to be hard if you're in Christ. The way of the unfaithful or transgressor is what? Hard. I said it last week. I got to say it again. You can't believe every sign you see. Life is hard, especially if you are alone. Well, if you're a child of God, you're never alone. What Jesus said, I'll never Leave you, nor forsake you. You can't never be to the point where you look at something and then you say, that is just so true. It's so hard here. <laughs> and sometimes the worst thing you can do is get too many connections. Three in the Bible say, choose your friends carefully. Right? Paul went so far as to say, bad company or communication corrupts good habits. Look at somebody and say, don't you mess up yourself. But sure enough, don't let nobody else mess you up. Put that country word on them one more time. Sure enough, don't let nobody else mess you up. I got to go further. Notice the 14th chapter of Proverbs. Y'all stay with me. Y'all good folk. Listening to this crazy preacher, y'all good people. But I'm finna drop something on you. Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of. I know what Pastor said, but Kaya, I feel 
leer. To do this. I done did the research and this seemed like this is just a. No, no way to say There's a way that what? Seem right. It can seem right. But notice the end. Death. The end is death. Now death in the text can be literal. But the primary emphasis is, is death figuratively. Ruin. You can, you can pick ways on your own or listen to somebody or go by your research and you'll end up, hey, you went down that path. You can deal with your situation based upon how your cousin dealt with his and end up messing up your life. Well, the way he said he went through the procedure, that, that, I can do that. I, I, I can do that. And he came out pretty good. And so I, I'm, I'm going to try that too. So you're going to be led by your cousin. Even though the Bible tells you to acknowledge or talk to God before you do something. Huge mistake. There is a way that seems right, but the end is death. It's death. I'm going to ruin my life. Lord, I done went down this path. I just thought. And, and something we'll call God, won't we? Especially, especially when, when we really want it. Oh, don't act like that. There's something we, we done said God, God did it. And it, we know it wasn't God. Deep down, we know it wasn't God. Because if God do something, he's going to bear witness. People are quick to call certain things something that God led them to do. But, you, but even when you check scripture, God ain't let nobody do nothing like that. Oh. God does all things decently and in order. And when Paul talked about that in 1 Corinthians 14, he, he specifically was letting the church know, look, whatever you do, it needs to be done decently and in order. And then he told him, for God is not the author of confusion. I'm at peace because God told me to do this. Yeah. Did he give you scripture? Did he give you backing? Because God is not going to do anything in contrast to his will or to his word. And even when it comes to witnesses, we need to make sure they're legit. It's real quiet right in here. Y'all notice that? Did y'all notice how quiet it got right in here? Y'all probably noticed it because it was quiet over there too. Well, it's on this side. It was just real quiet everywhere except up here. (laughs) 
this is, this is teaching that, that causes you to be mature, doesn't it? Because you have to check your, yourself. Because all of us at one time or another have went down a path that we had no business going down. It seemed like it was the right thing to do, but it wasn't. It seemed like, but it wasn't. And that's when it comes to a lot of things. But going back to Psalm 37 and 5, the writer lets us know point blank that we need to commit our way, our circumstances, our situations to God. We need to commit them. We, we need to just, Lord, this is what's happening in my life. Lord, I'm dealing with this in my body. And, and, and Lord, I... I I went to the doctor, and this is what the doctor said right here. Now, Lord, he done told me how many times he done did this, but this, this is what I, I told him. I told him I need to pray about it. So, now, Lord, I need you to handle this. See, Commit in the text means theologically to give a thing entirely to God. You hear me? Entirely. Don't give God no little piece and tell him to deal with it. No, give him all of what you're going through and let him handle it his way. Give it entirely to him you know well Lord you know my you, you know my credit shot and I need this and I don't I know I need this Lord and I know they saying based upon my score I can't get it and, and even if I had good credit I don't have no money uh, the type money they talk so God I'm just going to give it to you this your word so I'm going to give it to you Lord, they done gave me three or four pills. Ain't none of them working. They just, it's just making me sick. So I'm, I'm just giving my situation to you. Giving my circumstance to you. Because I know you can handle it. That's what he says here. Commit your way to Lord. Tell him about your circumstances. Tell him. Let him know what's going on in your life. Never forget telling the Lord, Lord, this is this woman mad because there ain't no food in the house. And she and Lord, she probably mad because you see she's pregnant and she wants something to eat. And I 
She was craving them strawberries. I, I couldn't go get the strawberry, Lord, because I didn't have no money to go to warehouse groceries and get the strawberries. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, real talk. Real talk. Say that to one more neighbor. I need you to need, need know, say, real talk. <laughs> I need some strawberries. I will. I, Ain't got no money for no, got no money for no strawberry digging up. Let me get off the subject for a minute. I don't know why they are God called women to crave certain things when they get pregnant. <laughs> Have you ever wondered about look watch this? How many women you crave certain things when you were pregnant? Let me see. Oh God, look at oh Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Keep them hands up for a minute. So you know what it is. You, you want strawberries, but ain't no money to go get no strawberries. What about that strawberry jelly and I want strawberries? <laughs> and, and some is that simple just, Lord, I need some money to go do such and such. And so you tell God your circumstances. But when you tell him your circumstances, you give him everything so he can handle it. Now, he may handle it by saying, all right, now, this is the first thing you need to do. This is the second thing you need to do. Now, now you can't be the type of person to where you get tired of waiting on God and, and pull up your little alternative. <laughs> No, that, that ain't what the psalmist is talking about right here. He, he's saying you got to commit your situation, your circumstances, your state of affairs to God and just let him handle it. Because he turns around and says, and trust him also. Commit it and then just trust him. Set back with certainty and just watch God work. There was, there was an army that was, that was four times a greater than Israel. A big army. And, and when Israel looked at it, they knew though they had weapons, that their weapons could not match what they were facing. And so they, they just simply did what the psalmist suggested. Lord, what are we going to do? And God told me, just stand still. Who just stand still and just watch me work. Watch my salvation. They, they were ready to fight too. They were just waiting on. God said, look, you ain't got no need to fight in this battle right here. This, this, this is something that I'm going to take care of myself. Oh, you going to take care of it, Lord? Well, we might as well put down our spills right now. We might as well put down our hours right now because you're telling us to watch. So I'm, I'm going to put down my stuff and just watch you work then. That's what he's talking about. You commit, you commit your circumstances, your way to the Lord and then just 
wait for him to tell you what to do. But you got to trust him. Notice again, trust him what? Also. Trust him also. But then notice how he closes out the verse. And he will bring it to pass. This is very important. He will what? Bring it to pass. Say to your neighbor, commit your way to God. Trust him also. And he will bring it. But this is, this is, this is what you got to understand. You will have a successful conclusion in time. God is going to give you the victory, but it's going to be in his time. See, see, you can't be like, oh, I wish it would. I hope, and I'm just praying it's going to happen in Tuesday. Oh, God, Tuesday, 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 done. No, that, that ain't what the text means. He's going to give you the victory, but it's going to be in time. Now, see, things may get worse. But you got to keep in your mind that he's going to give you success. But it's going to be on his time table. He's going to do it in his what? Time. Don't mess up God. Don't, don't, don't mess up what God is doing by, by trying to look for no alternative. Quit trying to do your little research. You, if you committed it to God... Quit doing your research and just let God direct your path. Remember I told you about them strawberries? The next day money came to get strawberries. Before the week was out, folk were bringing strawberries. Had enough strawberries to where I could eat some strawberries with whipped cream. But guess what? Once you commit your circumstance to, to the Lord, you got to trust him. And watch him bring it to pass. In what? In time. In time. Because see, if you truly... Give something to God, you ain't gonna turn around and, and then be praying that by Tuesday it happened. You didn't get that to God. If you gave it to Him, give it to Him entirely or completely and allow Him to work it out based upon His timetable. Because I'm gonna tell you something, even if the worst happens, it's still going to turn out for your good. Yeah, it is. Because if God know you done committed your circumstances to him and that you trust in him, he has to fulfill that word. Jesus said it more plain. He said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. 
That means as long as, you, long as this sun is rising, whatever God promised in, this, in the scripture, in the written word, is going to take place. Not on your timetable. And don't get to talking crazy. Because some folk, if it ain't happening in 10 days, they'll get to saying something like, well, I don't guess God heard my prayer. I don't, I don't guess God going to do it. That's immature. That's immature. That's, well, it's more, it's more than immature. It's stupid. Foolish. Just because it ain't happening in 10 days don't mean God is not going to do it. God allowed Israel to, to go around the wilderness. But they still got in the promised land. He told them they were going to the promised land, but he, he needed them to mature before he dropped the promised land on them. And sometimes God will allow your trouble to mature you. He will allow your trouble to teach you, hold on, some lessons. But while you, while you are going through all that you're going through, he ain't changed his mind about bringing your way to a successful conclusion. He's still going to give you the victory. You're hurting, but he's still going to give you the victory. You're going through it, but he's still going to give you the victory. Look at somebody and tell them, I don't know what you're going through. But if you are trusting Lord, you are trusting the Lord. He's going to bring your way to pass. I got to show you a scripture. Lord of mercy. Y'all all right? Yeah. Let's, go to, let's go to Proverbs 12. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Proverbs 12. Oh, God, I got to close it. Y'all get quiet in between the things. Y'all good? Okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just curious. Proverbs 12 and 28. In the way of righteousness is what? And in its pathway, there is no what? It ain't no ruin. There's no ruin. You're always going to be productive as long as you're walking in righteousness or you're living by faith. How, how does righteousness and faith connect in scripture? Romans 1 and 17. For the righteousness of God is Reveal from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Notice the text again. It bears witness to Romans 1 and 17. Y'all still there? In the way of righteousness is what? And in his pathway there is no what? Death. It's going to be some trouble, but it ain't going to be no death. It's, it's going to be some trials, but it ain't going to be no death. See, trials will make you better. I said trials will make you better. Trials will make you stronger. How many in here, when, when you went through that battle with that particular sickness, it made you better? When you went through that financial battle, it made you better. When you went through that battle with stuff in your mind, it made you better. Trials are not 
are not sent your way to destroy you. They are sent your way to make you better. David said it was good that I was affected. Why David? So I would learn your ways. Lord I wasn't paying attention to your word the way I needed to pay attention until you sent trouble my way. And when you sent trouble my way, Lord, I learned about you and your way that you are very present help in time of trouble. Trials are not sent your way to destroy you. God didn't send COVID to destroy us. He sent COVID to cause a whole lot of folk to repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. We just need saints of God to stand forth and let folks know God himself told us that pandemics were going to come to the earth and were going to scare folks and if possible even the very elect. But he'll send it in order to make you better. Yes, he will. He'll send it to make you better. Listen to this. When you're in righteousness, ruin can't touch you. Ruin cannot destroy you. Again, even when trouble comes, it's going to make you better. Y'all know the fairy tale book, Job. Job went through all that stuff. God allowed all that stuff to happen only to give Job a successful conclusion. Allowed Daniel to be put in a lion's den with some hungry lions. We didn't know they were that hungry until God pulled Daniel out of the den and throw sinners in the den and they ate all the sinners. God allows certain things to happen to make you better and to show others that he's in charge. The king thought he was in charge and and had the three Hebrew boys thrown into the fiery furnace. But God let him know, hey, I'm in charge. And and he let him know by opening up the king's eyes to see what was going on in the fire or in the furnace. And the king looked in the fire and he said, did not we put three men in the fire because he thought he was losing his mind and, and, and his folks said yeah king we put three in, in, the, in the fire he said but something else is going on in this fire because there is a fourth man in the fire but he is in the form of the son of God who is the son of God Jesus why did Jesus get in that fire because of who he is Savior. Lord have mercy. I'm going to stop right there.